following is a message from Praise and Worship, a community of people in Branson, Missouri who are loved by Jesus and joining Him in His mission to bring love and hope to all people. For more information and for more audio and video content, visit www.branson.church. So the question that we've put before us today is, well, then what happened? Right? And you know how this goes. So you like, you like, watch, you like read books or you watch movies or great TV shows. And, you know, every once in a while, if, if those of you, I know every once in a while, I've, I've been finding, even among, even among different generations, that people have discovered Netflix. I don't know if you guys have ever found Netflix. And, you, you, and it's this whole different way. So if you grew up watching television, you would watch a show live. I know the young among us, like, who, why would you ever do that? But you would watch a show live in a broadcast format, like only at a certain time. And then when the show was over, if you wanted to keep watching it, you would have to wait like, like a week to watch the next episode. And, and if it was the end of the season, you might have to wait like, I don't know, like three, four, or five months. And then they started doing this thing. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Where you like, They'll like break the show up like at, at, the, at Thanksgiving. They'll end sort of the, the, the first part of the year. And then they, you have to wait till like February till they resume the show. You're like, what in the world, right? And then, you know, you get Netflix, and then you're like, okay, hey, I just click here and watch the next episode. And now they've even got it to where if you're watching it, it'll just autoplay the next episode in like five seconds. See, this is a, and, and so, so you don't have to wait to find out what happened next. And today what we're doing is we're just going to go ahead and click next episode because we want to see what happens next. We're going to kind of binge the gospel, if that's okay with you guys. And, and the reason that we're doing this is because last week when we were gathered together, we heard Jesus' words where he said, and surely I will be with you always until the very end of the age. And then I'm like, and then what happened? Next episode. Because if you're like me at all, every once in a while, I kind of don't feel that he's with me always. And, and I want to know, how, what do I do when that happens? What do I do when, like, I, when, when, it's, when his words feel or sound just a tad hollow. And I know you might be saying, well, Mark, yeah, that's just your feelings. You know, his word is, is permanent forever. And of course it is. You know, Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So, I mean, that's true, but yet I still, I still feel this way. I was a problem student at, stem, at seminary. I don't know if you've ever seen a problem student. What happens is your professors, they, the, in my case, my professors just didn't want to call on me anymore. And, and one of my professors... You know, he, would, he, was, he was a systematics theological professor, which is, is basically the area where you talk about why and how and all these kinds of things. And he, every time I would raise my hand, his shoulders would kind of, you know, and he'd be like, Hunsaker. You know, and he would, just, he would, he would finally call on me. And, and what's really interesting is, is that one day he said, he said, you know, Americans, all they care about are their feelings. And he seemed a little agitated as he said that. And so my hand went up, and his shoulders dropped. I said, tell me, tell me, Professor, how does that make you feel? Because I think that's an absurd thing to say. All humans are obsessed with their feelings. We're humans, and we feel things. And I know for those of us who grew up Lutheran, that seems like some sort of sacrilegious thing to say. But in reality, we feel things. That's why I was always such an angst-filled Lutheran, because, because I feel everything, and, 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 and our culture and our tradition is like, no, emotions, those are not from God. Those are... Those are from somewhere else. I'm like, yeah, they're from the, the person that God made me to be. And, and I should be allowed to feel and to question and to struggle and to, and, to, and to go back and deal with this fact that, you know what happened when Jesus saw that Lazarus was dead? It's my favorite verse in the whole Bible. It's two words. He wept. 
the Lord God Almighty had feelings. Shouldn't we talk about ours and work through ours? That's why I want to hit next episode. What happened next? Because in my life, I need to know how to handle the situation when I don't know how to handle the situation, if you know what I'm saying. Take a look at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. We're going to put these on the screen, and we're going to zoom in on some key words. And I want you to see a couple of key things in here that the Apostle Paul writes by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, when we talk about Scripture, Scripture is one of these things that God used humans to do it. Right? He used humans to make the Scriptures, to write them. And, to, and in Paul's case, what Paul would do is he would kind of dictate the letter. And we know this because at the ending, of, the ending of several of his letters, they'll, they'll, we'll, we'll actually get a little signature from the guy who wrote down what Paul was saying. And so, and so what, what happens here is you can just see Paul's like, okay, okay, now tell him this part. Brothers and sisters, I want, you, I want to remind you of the gospel that I, and in the NIV they say the word preached. But what's really interesting is when Paul was speaking that word, he, used, he takes the word gospel and he makes it a verb. He says, I want to remind you of the gospel that I gospeled. So we got to pause and say, well, wait, okay, gospel's kind of a church word. And I know you guys love to talk about the gospel, and Mark's always obsessed with the gospel, and blah, blah, blah. And we just, what does the word even mean, right? And I know for those of you who have heard me define this, just so you know, I'm going to define it like another trillion times before the Lord takes me home. Because we've got to know this word, and it is the core of our faith. It is good news. Good news. See, and one of the challenges is like, sometimes we'll, people will say to me, who are not familiar with our ministry, they'll say, you know, you guys don't do a whole lot of that, like, you know, how to have a good marriage, how to, how to have good finances, how to have all those things. And I'm kind of like, well, for one thing, the Bible doesn't really work, on, work that way, even though it does work that way, as we'll see. But, but the, the other thing is, like, if I said, well, here's some good advice, that's not good news. <laughs> it's advice. It's, it's helpful hints. And, and if you, besides, if you knew me, I don't really have good advice. I only have the gospel, right? Because other than that, I'm, a, I'm basically a, I'm an idiot. That's what I, I don't have anything. All I have is Jesus. And turns out, this is what happened with Peter and John. They were, they were in the courtyard after Jesus rose from the dead. We read this in the book of Acts. And, and they're going along and there's this dude who's crippled. And he says to them, he says, can you help a, can you help a poor fellow out? And Peter says, well, I don't have silver or gold. I'll, I'll give you what I got. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand and walk. Woo! That's maybe a little better than silver and gold. I hope you see. And I hope you'll see that what, what Paul, by the power of the Spirit, is teaching you and me today is better than that. It's way better. And it is power. So, the gospel is the good news. Well, what kind of good news? Just, I mean, is it for the crippled man to stand? Or what is it? And what I want you to hear is it's the good news of Jesus for you. Not just for all y'all. I'm getting better. I'm getting better, Harlan. But it's not just for all y'all. It's, it's for you. It's for you. And I'm talking about you in, in the dark moments, right? And so we were singing a minute ago, you know, you give and you take away. And, and that sometimes that's like, oh, that doesn't make me comfortable. That, I mean, I thought I wanted to feel good. You know? Well, yeah. But the reality of life is, is that we encounter difficulty. And sometimes God God walks us into the difficulty because we need it to go, come out different on the other side. And that is very uncomfortable. And that is not good, or at least from our point of view, it doesn't feel right. And yet, 
It's the gospel. It's good news for you. It's your situation. It's individual. It's, it's how the Lord God Almighty, believe it or not, guys, I, I, I want you to hear this. The Lord God Almighty, the one who spoke and the universe leapt into existence at his speaking, has moved heaven and earth for you. Actually, he brought heaven down to earth for you. You're sitting in it right now. I know it doesn't feel like that. Concrete floors, gray walls. It, it doesn't have that heavenly feel. But may I promise to you, that wherever two or three are gathered, there's some really cool dude with them. He promised, right? And he said, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. So this gospel, he goes, I want to remind you of this good news. This fact that the Lord God Almighty has come to save you, and I, I want you to, I, I want to gospel it. I want to gospel it again. And I want, I, I, the one I gospel to you, which you received and on which you've taken your stand. That's what we're doing. We're taking our stand on the gospel. You might say, well, Mark, what about the political scene? <sighs> Jesus is Lord. That's all politics I need. He's the king of the universe. Let's move on, right? And let's love our neighbors. Because guess what? It's important to have people who are in leadership. We're going to pray for them at God's command today. But may I just say to you that the answer to the solution, the answer to the problem is not just better decisions or better policies or better things or better that or getting everyone to kind of agree to your political points of view. What is important and the thing that we take our stand on is not lowering taxes or having better immigration policy. The thing that we take our stand on is Jesus risen from the dead for you. And so what, what that does is I know it doesn't help the cable news channels make money, and I apologize for that. But, but at the same time, what I hope you'll do is you'll focus your heart and your mind on what Jesus has done for you, what he is doing through you and what he will continue to do in the making of a new heavens and a new earth. Because what many people call Easter is the eighth day of creation. Yeah, the eighth day of creation. It's when the old world started dying and the new world started coming on. It's when the, Jesus was born as the first fruits of the new creation on the first fruit feast. And this is what is so important about this idea of gospel. And that's where we're going to take our stand. Take a look at verse 2. Now, he keeps going, because we're going to be gospelers. That's our goal today, right? He says, by this gospel, you are, what's that word? That's kind of a big deal. By this gospel, you are saved. Isn't it interesting that when, you know, we, we well, let me just say it like this. What is the most important thing to do for a church? Is it to have a better program, a better process, a better situation, a better building, a better... No, it's to use God's Word. It's to, 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 just to throw God's Word and just keep preaching and teaching and talking about and growing in God's Word. This is what the church is here for. This is what we're here to do. That's why we announce to the powers and the principalities that Jesus is here. Because He has come and He has taken away those things which stand opposed to us and He is now giving us the good news. And it is by the good news, the good news that Jesus died for you, that he rose again for you, that you are saved. See, it's like this. It's kind of like this. If you think that you got everything handled under your control, that's a really bad situation. If you think, but I'm a good person, how good? And where is the line of demarcation, right? The issue is whether or not when you hear the words, and they go into your heart, do you believe them? 
And we pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that every heart in this room hears the words and believes them. Because actually when you hear them and you believe what they say, you have what they promise. He says, he says by this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I gospeled to you. Otherwise you believed in vain. Now a lot of people will use this and they'll say, oh, that's where you've got to have all your doctrines. You guys have doctrines? you got good doctrines? Because you've got to have good doctrines. What is the gospel? Is it good doctrines? Well, in a sense, make, make no mistake, we've got to have good doctrines. Plus, trust me, my professors from seminary, the ones who would always drop their shoulders, they taught me the doctrines, and we're going to hold to the doctrines. But we're about the gospel. Because you can have all the doctrines in the world, but if you don't have this doctrine, if you don't have this, you have believed in vain. Right? Hold firmly to the gospel. And here's how it works. Here's how it works. So you come to church on Easter. And you're like, and, and guys, Easter here, it was kind of awesome. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be like, it's, it was really awesome. And it was really fun, and it was amazing. And then and you leave, and you're kind of on this mountaintop, and then the devil comes, and he's like, yeah, but you're still a piece of junk. And then, and then you just start to believe him. And you think, well, i got to try harder. i got to do more. i got to be better. i got to somehow be good. Because he's right, I am. I'm kind of bad. Sometimes I'm really bad. And there's other people that are bad, and they should go to hell because they're really bad, right? And then this is, this is what starts to go in your mind. And so you fall into this trap that you're like, I have to do something. I have to do something. Now hold firmly to the gospel which says Jesus did something, and he did it for you. That's holding to the gospel. That's the doctrine. And you'll find that all the other doctrines kind of fall into place when you hold that one firmly. Don't ever let go that Jesus saved you. He did it before you were ever born. He did it before the creation of the world, which doesn't make sense to us, but that's what God proclaims. Ephesians chapter 1, check it out. It's really interesting. And so you have all of these things, and he says, he says by this gospel you are saved. Now some people will use the word gospel differently. Well, that includes the whole scripture. It includes the law and the gospel. But what's really interesting, if you go to Romans chapter 1, verse 16, the Apostle Paul, also writing in that place by the power of the Holy Spirit, says that the, for it is by the gospel that you are saved. And this is the power of God for all who believe. The power of God. And then later in that same letter, and he goes, the law doesn't have power. It was powerless to save you. The law is good. You know, it turns out that if I don't murder, that's a good thing. I don't know if you ever noticed that. Try not murdering sometime. It really goes good. Right? Nothing wrong with the law. The law is good. The only problem is me. And that is what I do is I tend to murder my neighbor without picking up the axe or the shotgun. I look at them and I'm like, I just, look at this cat pulling out in front of me in traffic. That's, that's, how, that's where I, I murder people on the road all the time. Midge said to me, you got road rage, Pastor. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. God's not done with me yet. That's what Dar would always tell me. This is, we all have our issues, right? And we all have our problems. And if we, and if we wanted to, we could compare notes. And we don't want to, so we'll move on. But the point is this, the gospel. If you hold firmly to that, then when you look at God in the right square in the wide of the eyes, when you're praying to him, yes, we're going to pray to him. That's what we do. And you're like, Lord, help me. And he's like, I did. And I am, and I will. And you're like, yeah, but I had a really bad day. Yeah, Jesus for you. Yeah, but for you. For you. Take a look at verse 3. Because we're gospelers, but we're also storytellers. There's a lot of things to talk about, right? He says, for what, that's why the pastor loves to preach, right? A lot of things to talk about. He says, what I received, I kept to myself and never told anybody. 
Oh wait, that's not what he said. What I received, I passed on. In Greek, it's this fancy word called paradosis. It's pretty cool. It's worth its own study. But the point is, it's this idea that I, I took what I was given and I shared it. Right? I, I passed it on. I, I gave it to the next generation. Some of us have fewer days in front of us than we have behind. Some of us, the other way around. Wherever you're at on that scale, there's the question of, what's going to happen when you're gone? Isn't that an interesting question? And the Scriptures give us a pretty good guidance here. What I received, I passed on. Because they need it. Right? I passed on. And what is it? What is it that he passed on? It's the most important thing. When someone tells me, have you heard about this? And then they'll tell me some controversy or thing. And I'm like, yeah, I heard about it, but this is what we should be talking about. What is the most important thing? That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That He died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And that truth, even though I know we've heard it a million times, many of us, some of us maybe not so many, and maybe we need to hear it more, but that that means, and it's so important, we said this on Good Friday, we said it on Easter Sunday, we're going to say it again today because we're, keep, we're rolling with Easter. That's how we roll, right? That's what we do. And that is, if you think God is punishing you for your sins, you need the Gospel. God will not punish you for your sins. Hear me say that again and again. You know why? Because Jesus bore all of that punishment on Good Friday. And when He was done, He said it was not done. He said it was finished. This is the gospel. It is finished. And so, yeah, you're like, yeah, but Mark, if, if you're just saying that, uh, that, it, that all my sins are forgiven, and then, but, but I'm one of these people that like, you know, God likes to sin. Excuse me, I like to sin. See, I, I just did it. I like to sin. God likes to forgive. This is going to work out great. No, Paul is saying it by the power of the Spirit. This is of first importance. Go back and spend some time at the cross. And where his blood flowed and where he took the punishment of all of God's wrath upon himself. But don't believe the lie that he's now punishing you. That time when you lost your car keys the other day, God was mad. That, that moment when your boyfriend said, I'm out, there's somebody else, God's mad at me. He's just cursing me again. That moment when you, you lost your job, see? Because that one time you, you, know, you, you clocked out, you, you, you left early and didn't clock out and didn't tell anybody to fix it. Yeah, no, no. Your sins are forgiven. Hear the words of God. He's not punishing you. Make no mistake, He has these times when He does course corrections in our lives. Hebrews chapter 11 and 12 talk about this, how these people go through all these things. And in chapter 12, He says, you know, He disciplines those whom He loves, which means He will come in and say, dude, you're going the wrong way. Let's turn that baby around. Slight paraphrase, but that's what it means. And what this is going on is that we always come back to the matter of first importance. Good Friday, Easter. He died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Verse 4, and he was, that He was buried. You know, it's starting to sound like the Nicene Creed. That's not an accident. And that He was raised, right? He was buried and He was raised. Why is it so important that He was buried? Because a lot of people have done this. If you like turn on, you know, like if you ever can't sleep, and Netflix is like, maybe your, your subscription ran out this month or whatever. So you like turn on the, like the Discovery Channel at 3 a.m. There's going to be some dude who's like a professor and he's going to be saying, well, you know, actually Jesus didn't die. He, he just went into a coma and he, you know, he, oh, what? No, he was buried in the ground and he was raised on the third day. 
And it's so interesting, on your handy-dandy little worship folder on the back, there are these cool notes. And if you're interested where it says all this stuff about according to the scriptures, and you're like, which scriptures are they referring to? Well, here's some examples in your Dig Deeper. So you might want to just, you know, it's a little sales pitch, shame, shameless plug here that I'm doing. And that is encouraging you to study this deeper. What scriptures did they, did they talk about? You know, you find yourself in Genesis chapter 22, where Abraham takes Isaac because God's like, I want you to sacrifice Abraham and, or excuse me, Isaac. And Abraham's like, wait, what? But he trusted God and he believed somehow that even that God would be capable of resurrecting Isaac if he so wanted to do that. That's what he that's what the scripture says. But what's interesting is when does he take him up there? On the third day. And then there's this time when in 2 Kings, when you got King Hezekiah and he's like needing to be healed. When will he be healed? On the third day. You know, and there's all these other times and places. There's in Hosea, you know, the prophet Hosea who was called to marry prostitute good job god what were you doing there and the cool story so that oh it's interesting it was about feelings so we would know how god feels and yeah, it's, it's not just americans because god's not an american but wait now did i just commit heresy but anyway so so check it out here's the thing here's the thing hosea said it is on the third day that will be restored and and guys when you read the whole story of god what you find is that the whole story of god is the gospel. It's not just the 1 Corinthians 15 or Matthew 28 or John 20 or any of those other places. It's all of the story. And it keeps telling the story. And so what happens is, is when we read that and we believe it, we begin to have hope. And then we become carriers of that hope. And you know what happens to hope? It starts to splash. It splashes around because you're like, wow. And then what happens is the gospel gets applied in real life. Look at verse 5. So we're talking about the resurrection of the Son of God and all these things are going on and the gospel and the gospel. The first thing Paul writes about is that, yeah, the first dude that he really spent some time with was Peter. You guys know the story of Peter, right? On the night that Jesus was betrayed, Peter denied Jesus three times. He said, I don't even know the man. Like only a few hours before that, he said, Lord, I'll die for you. He even pulled out a sword and cut off Malchus's ear and did all these things. Then they got, you were with him. You were with that, that Jesus from Nazareth. And he's like, nope, don't even know him. How did he feel? Isn't that interesting? How did he feel? The scripture says he went out and wept bitterly. And he, didn't even, you know, he just was like destroyed as a human because he had done this terrible, terrible thing. I want to ask you this question. Have you ever done a terrible, terrible thing? Or been a part of it? Or maybe you're the recipient of a terrible, terrible thing, and so your heart burns with sadness and anger and the desire for that to be made right. All of us are somewhere on that scale. What would, what would Jesus do if you have done a terrible, terrible thing, He will appear to you first. He will come to you first. He will come to you and He will say, I love you. I forgive you. And you're like, not, but Lord, not even, even that. And I will be with you how often? Always. 
This is how he, this is how he rolls. And you know what that is, guys? And I know, again, again, depending on how you grew up or your faith tradition or whatever, guys, that's power. And you know what it does to you and to me? It turns us into fire talkers. I know it's not Pentecost yet. We still got like 40 days to go or whatever it is. But it turns us into fire talkers. Because the fire of God gets into us, giving us a new heart, cleaning it out, and making us righteous, not by anything we've done, but by everything that He has done, and sets us free. May I just say to you guys, He appears to you, and He sets you free. You are free. That terrible thing, it's gone. As far as the east is from the west, it's gone. What, where did it go? It got nailed to the cross. That thing which stood opposed to us is gone. And when the devil comes to you this week, I want you to be like, well, hello, devil. You're, done. You're about to get your butt kicked. Right? That's how this works. That's fire. That's the power of the living God for you and for me. So, we hit, we hit the button. We said, then what happened? And we came to this moment where we see this matter of first importance. Gospelers. You and I are gospelers. We're not condemners. We're not going around judging the world. We're receiving the grace of God. And we are passing on what has been given to us. Can we pray about that? Please pray with me. Father, we ask You right now to take these words and root them in our hearts that You would provide for us a path forward. Then what happened? I ask that You would help us see what happens next in our life. When we say next episode in our life. What's coming up next on the story of? And that we would know that no matter what that is, that You will be with us always. That You will make us gospelers because You have gospeled to us. That good news of everything You did, You did it for each and every one of us. And I pray that as we do encounter the powers and the principalities that exist in this world, that You would remind us of the gifts we've been given and the power that that brings to us and the authority that it gives to us. To be able to say, I am bought with the blood of Jesus. And He said, it is finished. And until that day when He comes back, we rejoice that He lives and reigns with You and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.